What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Bush League segment here at House Call Sports. I'm here with Taylor. My name is Matt, and today we're talking a little game called baseball. Since the MLB season is in full swing, we are here talking about some teams that look good and some teams that look bad, some teams that have had hot starts and some teams that have had cold starts. We're going to get all into it, but first, I want to give a shout out to one of our sponsors, and that is Coffee Bros. If you're a bro who's up real early like I am, I'm up at 3 a.m. on Monday through Friday, and you need a coffee company that's not only going to provide you from every Everything from award-winning roasts to your necessary equipment, your espresso machines, your grinders, your filters, to your recipes, as well as a coffee to water ratio calculator. Go to Coffee Bros website, whose link is in our description, to get everything that you need that is coffee related. So go get Coffee Bros, bro. And like I said, today we are talking about a bunch of different MLB teams, some who are struggling and some who are thriving. So we're gonna play a little game of panic or patience. Like I said, we're talking about some of these teams who have been struggling. We're gonna tell you whether you should be panicked about these teams, or we're going to show some patience with these teams that have been struggling. So the first team we're going to start with is one that I did not choose. I had nothing to do with this. I am an innocent bystander simply reporting the news. We're going to start with the Houston Astros, who came in as a big favorite to win the World Series again this year and have started off 17-15. and 15. They are third in the AL West behind two absolute juggernauts, the Rangers and the Angels. Seems like something that you may want to panic about. I don't know. So Taylor... This was your World Series pick, my friend. Your pick to win the World Series. Are we panicking about the Astros, or are we going to be patient with the Astros? Uh, Got to be honest, Matt. I, I'm panicking a little bit. I'm kind of right on the edge of panic right now. And honestly, up until a couple days ago, I, I was all patience. I would have given you the answer of patience for this. Luis Garcia going down hurts. That, that's a tough loss for that that pitching rotation, uh, especially since Urquidy and McCullers are, are are dealing with injuries. I don't we haven't even seen McCullers this season yet, and Urquidy has been mediocre when he's pitching, and now he's dealing with a, I think some shoulder inflammation. So that's not great. Uh, Hunter Brown's been okay. He struggled with command a little bit in his last start. Framber's been okay. Honestly, I think a lot of you know whether I, I'm really panicked about them depends on the game tonight and the game tomorrow against the Mariners. Uh, they're they're pretty much neck and neck with the Mariners in the division right now and if they can win that series I'll feel a lot better about their chances we we talked about it with them preseason and like their biggest weakness was depth and we we said like if their depth gets tested they, they might not be winning as many games as, as we think they were and their depth has really been tested already and they've had a little some good performances from guys like Mauricio Dubon and Corey Jolks but it just hasn't been enough to move the needle for them I still think they're gonna be okay but I'm definitely trending towards panic right now Man, you want to know something, Taylor? Listen, okay. I am concerned about certain parts of their team, okay? 36-year-old Jose Abreu, who they signed this offseason, has he's been terrible. He, he's, 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 they got him to upgrade their first base position. He's been awful, okay? Alex Bregman hasn't been good either with the bat. He's just a 682 OPS. Like you said, Altuve, he's still out with an injury. Like you were talking about, Luis Garcia out with Tommy John. That's a huge injury. McCullers and Urquidy, like you mentioned, are also out. And the fact that they're third behind the Angels and Rangers after being the odds-on favorite to win the title, I think would it would be reasonable to panic. But I actually think Astros fans, you should be patient with your team. Wow. Look at me sticking we up totally, for the Astros. We totally flip-flops. Just a flip-flop from yeah. us two. They, they still, listen, even with all the injuries, they've still allowed the third fewest runs in baseball. They're still really, really good at run prevention. Like you talked about, Valdez, Christian Javier. Really 
the bullpen is great. The bullpen is unbelievable. The, and, and like you talked about, Valdez, Christian Javier, and Hunter Brown, I like that as a top three in your rotation so far. Obviously, you know, like you talked about Hunter Brown, maybe that he goes down, you know, downhill a little bit. But Valdez and Javier, I have extreme confidence with those guys. I think, you know, Abreu and Bregman are, dirt, are, are are too good to not turn things around. And their defense is still solid. Plus, when you guys have, when you know, when you have guys like Jordan Alvarez and Kyle Tucker, who are having really, really good years, and when Altuve comes back in the lineup and Brantley comes back in the lineup, that lineup's going to be hot again. So, patience, Astros fans. Be patient. You guys will get on a roll and you will win this division, I believe. You're, you're obviously, you know, I, I, I didn't, I think I checked the standings yesterday. You were, what, a game and a half back, even with the, even with a really, really tough start that you guys have had so far. So, you guys are still going to win the division and you know maybe you have to worry about being potentially in the wild card this year because it looks like the Rays are going to run run away with the best record in the AL and then you have to you know worry about you know who's going to get you know the the second seed so maybe you have to deal with a wild card round this year and you know in a in a, in a three game series you never know what's going to happen anybody could win a three game series in the MLB so Astros fans you listen you guys are going to win the, the the AL West and you're going to give yourselves a shot at a, a, at another pennant okay look at the objectivity I love the Astros okay I'm a big Astros I'm the, I'm the Astros guy on the show I really, really <laughs> enjoy some Houston Astros. And I think you guys should be patient because I think you guys are going to be getting a lot of your guys back. And, you know, we're going to, we're going to, the, the best is yet to come from the Houston Astros. That's for sure. But the next team I want to talk about, the next team we're going to talk about is in the same division as the Astros. The team the Astros swept in the ALDS last year, it's the Seattle Mariners. They are sitting at 15 and 17, fourth in the AL West as they have gotten also gotten off to a slow start. Obviously, their hopes were high for the Mariners to, you know, to take another step forward after breaking their two-decade-long playoff drought last year and after being extremely competitive with the eventual champion Astros last year, even though they were swept. So, Taylor, are we having some panic with the Astros or, excuse me, with the Mariners, or are we preaching patience with the Mariners at this point in the season? With Mariners, I'm going patience. Um, their their rotation's still good. I know they lost Robbie Ray, but their offense has been pretty lacking. Um, Julio's been dealing with some back injuries. Colton Wong, last I checked, was dead last in war in the MLB, which is exactly the opposite you expected from a guy who they brought in basically to be consistent. Teoscar's been, he's had some hot stretches, but he's overall been slumping most of the year. Uh, Kelnick has been the one bright spot, which is so nice to see because... He really, this was kind of do or die for him, which is silly to say because he's still like 23 years old. Um, but he has been so bad the past two years mm-hmm. that if he didn't come out strong this year, I, you know, you, you can't give the guy many more chances. But he's looked really, really poised at the plate. He's changed his approach. He's looking for pitches that he wants and he is executing. He, he's been amazing. And yeah, the pitching for the Mariners is, is has still been good. Um, you know, it maybe hasn't been as good as it was last year, but we're still early in the year. They've already had Bryce Miller come up and debut. Uh, he had a really nice start. He was perfect through six innings and struck out 10. Uh, granted, it was against the A's, but still uh, for a rookie to come in and do that, it just it just shows you how deep the, the pitching on the Mariners is. And their bullpen's been really good. 2.87 ERA. Uh, the offense is going to heat up. And once they do, these guys are going to be right back on track. So I'm not too worried about him. Yeah, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit here, Taylor. I'm not super panicked about the Mariners, but I've got a little bit of, I would, if if I was a Mariners fan and, you know, me and you both have a, a, a soft spot for the Mariners, 
I have a little bit of panic as far as their team goes right now. Right now, you got three teams who are flatly better through it's, you know, it's one fifth basically of the way through the season and they're ahead of you in your division. And the first is the Rangers. They're fifth in the league in OPS offensively and top 10 in pitchers ERA. The Angels are eighth in OPS as a team offensively and 11th in pitchers ERA. The Mariners pitching has been great. They're third in team ERA. But like you said, the offense has been terrible. They're 25th or 24th, excuse me, in team OPS. And also I didn't mention the Astros who are well above them as well. And listen, if you're just doing the math, right, as far as AL playoff spots, right, the AL now having six playoff spots with how strong the AL East is, I think at least three teams are going to come out of the AL East. That's for sure. You know, whichever three you want to choose right now, all five are above 500. And then you got the mandatory pity, you know, playoff invite coming out of the AL Central. One of those teams is going to get, you know, win the division and come out of the AL Central. That only leaves two spots for the AL West. One of those, I think we're both pretty confident, is going to be occupied by the Astros. And the other is going to be between the Rangers, Angels, and Mariners. So I think the other two teams right now have more complete teams at the moment. And listen, obviously it's, you know, we got about 125 games left to play. So a a lot can change from, you know, now to the end of the season. But thinking about what their goals were were at the beginning of the year, I think it's fair for the for the Mariners to be a little pan- panicked at the moment, considering how well that the Rangers and Angels have played. So you know when you just do the math as far as playoff spots go, especially with how strong that AL East is, how many teams are probably going to come out of the AL East? I think you're you're you know you're you're starting to wind down on opportunities for the Mariners to make another playoff run, especially with how high their expectations were this year. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I mean, I think that's going to be a, a tough, a tough situation for teams in the East and the West because uh, I think both those divisions are looking really strong right now. Right. Um, I, I still, I still believe in the Mariners only because I know once their guys get going, which is hopefully soon. When you look mm-hmm. at that lineup and you think about that towards the end of the year, like we're doing the math, you know, this might come down to some 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 play in games to get that final wild card spot. We could see some some interesting tiebreakers going on, and I trust the Mariners in games like that. You know, even though you. you you know, granted, they did lose three of those games to the to the Astros and the ALDS uh, last year. I still I trust this team uh, in in tight games. Yeah, definitely. I think I think obviously the Mariners have the talent to do it, and like you said, they're still missing some guys. You know, getting ready to come back. You know, they're obviously missing Munoz, who's one of the best relievers in baseball. Uh, and you know, like you said, waiting for that offense to get going. But certainly, they're a capable team. Like I said, I'm not you know I'm not like hammering the office panic button or nothing like that. You know, I'm. I'm, I'm a little bit panicked, but, you know, the Mariners definitely could, they've got, uh, you know, 125 games to turn it around. They definitely could to, could could easily turn this thing around. But that's going to bring us to another West Coast team with high expectations. But this time we're in the National League, and that's the San Diego Padres. They obviously added Xander Bogarts over the offseason, just got Fernando Tatis Jr. back in the lineup a couple weeks ago. Now having this lineup of Tatis, Soto, Machado, Bogarts, Cronenworth, Carpenter, Cruz, the list goes on. They're, they're, their lineup is so deep. But they are 18 and 15, a slower start than we even thought. They were actually a little bit worse before last week, and they've kind of turned it on over the last week. But they're still currently sitting third in the AOS behind the Dodgers and behind the D-backs. So, Taylor, should you be panicked or show patience with the Padres? I'm firmly in the patience category for the Padres. I think this team is too talented to be held down there at third place for too long. And, you know, as much as I've loved watching the Diamondbacks this year so far, they've been honestly one of my favorite. If I'm just like looking for a game to watch in some spare time, if the Diamondbacks are playing, I'm putting them on like they're a super fun team to watch. That being said, I don't think they're going to be up there uh, at the top of the division for much longer. Um, I think we're going to see them regress a little bit, but I think they're still going to have a good year. And the Padres have been okay. You know, they've definitely performed under their expectations so far. Um, Right now, they're uh, in terms of their runs scored and runs allowed, 
both of them are at 4.3. So they're performing at exactly a 500 level right now. Um, and honestly, one of the weird things about this lineup for me right now is Juan Soto. He's had kind of a weird year so far. Um, up until like last week, his his average was at like 182 or something. And just this week, uh, it seems like the Mexico game was a nice catalyst for him. He's he's bumped that up, average up. I think it's in the in the mid 220s right now as we're recording this. It almost feels like he is he's being less aggressive and almost trying to walk too many times. I kind of I, I, I kind of hope that he becomes a little bit more aggressive and uh, and and starts hitting the ball around a little bit more because uh, really, I mean as effective as walking is in terms of, you know, scoring runs and for OPS, uh, you know, you want your guys in the two and three spots hitting the ball every once in a while. Um, so I'm hoping he kind of turns that around and, and, you know, the Cardinals, they need more consistency in their rotation right now, particularly from Waka and Snell. Um, they've both been pretty all over the place and, you know, Mus- Musgrove just came back. He had a tough first, I think his first start was in that weird Mexico city game. So that's, it's kind of hard to make any judgments uh, based on that. So I think over the next couple of weeks, we're going to see him get into a rhythm and hopefully that brings a little stability to the, uh, to the rotation. And hopefully that Mexico game also helped kick the offense into gear. Uh, Cause obviously we get to see a lot of fireworks in that game and hopefully they can bring that into the rest of the year. It seems like it has for at least Tatis. So that's good. news. Yeah. No- yeah, no doubt. I think that, like you were talking about with that Mexico game, I think that Mexico game is perfect to kick everybody in gear because the elevation is 2,000 feet higher than what it is in Coors Field, you know, where the Rockies play yeah. and the ball just flies, obviously, in the altitude. So, yeah, the, the ball was flying. Was every- faster, too. A lot of ground balls yeah. just flying through the infield for base hits. Everything was flying in, in Mexico, so that would be it. Would be I know the MLB was you know has discussed potentially you know bringing an ML you know an MLB team to Mexico City. I, I would watch all those games because they would all be you know yeah. seventeen to fifteen type football scores in Mexico City games. But yeah, I'm with you, Taylor. I think it's got to be patience for the Padres. But I mean, Bogart started off super, super hot. He's cooled off a little bit after that toward start. And I had people saying my take of him being the worst signing of the offseason was bad after literally one week of baseball. But that's not the point. Um, but Machado, he hasn't been that great either. He's you know struggled at the plate a little bit more. I expect that to change. And Taylor, to your point about Soto, listen, Juan Soto... We love you walking. We want to see you swing the bat, dog. Like, uh, from a fan's perspective, dog, swing the bat. Like, he's the walk god. It's awesome. We love on-base percentage. But I want to see you swing the bat, dude. Your swing is so pretty. You have so much power. You can hit the ball to all fields. We want to see you hit. Like, uh, listen, uh, we want more batting average. Batting average still exists. We enjoy a good batting average, okay? We want you to be hitting in the 280s. You can still take your walks. You can still have your 420 on base percentage. But we want to see you swing the bat, dog. I want to see your 40 home runs. That's what we want from you, Juan Soto. We don't want to just see you taking walks all the time. That's just from a pure fan's perspective. We want to see you hit. Like, I would rather see him with a, like you said, like a 420 on base percentage and a 280 batting average than a 450 exactly. on base percentage and a 220 batting average. It's just, exactly. I mean, he if anybody can make walks look good, it's Juan Soto, but yeah. it's only, you know, he like the other game, I saw there was a game a couple days ago, he had like three walks and a double. It's like, okay, well, that's great. He hit a double, but man, we're watching him walk a lot. And at a certain point, it does just get a little old. How about three doubles in a walk, Juan Soto? Because that is that too much to ask for. We want to, <laughs> yeah. we want, we want to see you hit, big dog. Like that's li- listen. <laughs> and, and from a from a hitting coach's perspective, like I I I teach a lot of what Juan Soto does. So it's like, dude, I want you to swing the bat. 
Like I want you to, I want you to do that, you know? So, and, and obviously from a organizational standpoint, you gotta be like, dude, like when you swing, like you, you're, you're a beast, you know? So obviously we love the walks, but Juan Soto, please swing the bat. Like, come on, man. Um, but like you were mentioning Taylor, they've been middle of the pack in both offense and pitching. They've, you know, and it makes sense that they have that zero run differential that you were talking about. Literally the exact definition of average relative to the rest of the league, but they got too much talent. I expect, you know, the, their kind of average play to change. Plus that divi- the, the rest of that division is a little bit weaker. Like you mentioned, Taylor, the D-backs have started, you know, hotter than we expected to, but I expect them to fade. The Giants and Rockies are going to be non-threats all year, in my opinion. And then, the, you know, the Dodgers are still finding ways to win, but they're obviously not what they were last year. So um, I expect the Padres to get right back in this division and have, you know, have a really good shot of winning the division. So yes, definitely be patient Padres fans because you guys got a hell of a roster, a hell of a team. And I think you guys are about to make a turnaround, but uh, we're going to talk about another NL team extremely high expectations that has started off also kind of in the middle of the pack and that's the new york mets they came out spending they brought in justin verlander who just made his return from the il they also brought in kodai senga who's actually thrown their most innings so far which is surprising because he's not normally someone who throws a lot of innings if you just look at kind of how he was in japan but a lot of struggles from their starting pitchers and they're actually the exact same as the padres they have the same Runs scored allowed. They're both at 142 runs scored and allowed, which is crazy. Uh, and which you know, obviously means they also have a zero uh, run differential, which basically translates to they have also been exactly average so far. And that is not what the Mets have been spending that ridiculous payroll for. So Taylor, should the Mets have panic or should they be patient after their mediocre start? My thoughts on the Mets are an exact reflection of my thoughts on the Padres. Um, patience, uh, that, that roster is insanely talented and it's going to come around. But yeah, like you said, just some weird inconsistencies from the pitching staff. Just a weird year for Scherzer. I was really excited about him coming into the year with the, with the pitch clock. I really thought he was going to dominate and use that to his advantage and he kind of hasn't. And then that weird substance abuse suspension that seemed kind of fluky. Um, and then, you know, his last start coming off of of that suspension, he looked pretty bad. He was just all over the place and lost a little bit of velocity and you got to wonder what's going on there. But, you know, with these veterans, you, you expect their performances to, to regress to the mean, um, over the course of a season and they're getting Verlander back. Senga has been pretty good. You know, you got to expect that he's, he's going to see a little bit more adversity as you know, the league sees him more and sees that ghost fork more and is able to adjust. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, ultimately it's just like the Padres, like you just got to give them a little bit of time. And really like, even if, even if they don't have a great first half of the year, you know, Cohen's going to be out there spending at the deadline to patch whatever, whatever positions aren't performing well. So, uh, good, good old uncle Steve's going to come to the rescue at some point. Man, yeah, I uh, I agree with you, Taylor. Yeah, I, I I definitely agree with you on that last point. I'll get to that a little bit uh, a little bit later, but um, yeah, definitely patience, definitely patience for the Mets, Mets as well. Uh, I think if they're concerned about winning the division, I think you should definitely panic because the Braves are better than them this year. They've been better than than them the last couple of years, uh, and they're going to win that division this year. But this is still a playoff team. I mean, like Taylor, you know, Taylor was talking about, definitely some concerns in the rotation. How much longer can Verlander and Scherzer be elite? Like they're both in their forties. And can they stay can and can they stay healthy? Excuse me. And like Taylor was talking about with Senga, obviously he's also had some injury and workload concerns, you know, so that's not good as well. But assuming that this team can stay relatively healthy, this is a playoff team. And there's too many great players offensively, defensively in the rotation. I think the bullpen is uh, still a question mark, but they've actually been pretty solid. They're in the upper half in the league in, in, in most metrics. So if the bullpen can stay like that, this offense and this starting pitching is going to start finding their groove. This is a really good ball club. However, 
come playoff time. And assuming that Edwin Diaz isn't going to come back, you know, although we've heard some rumors that he could be back, I think it's going to be tough for him to advance deep. My question is, kind of to Taylor's point about Steve Cohen earlier and about making big moves, do they use some of their top prospects who are currently on the big league club, like Francisco Ooh. Alvarez or maybe a Brett Beatty, to poten- potentially make a big move for like a huge name that somehow comes up on the market? So knowing the Mets front office, I think that could definitely be an option for them because they're 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 obviously show that they're willing to make high risk, you know, high high reward type moves because they were obviously willing to sign Carlos Correa over the offseason as well. So I think it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what kind of moves that they're willing to make down the stretch. To move one of those guys, though, you got to get a big, big name in return because, uh, but yeah, you got you got to believe that the win now mode that the Mets are in, you know, because Cohen's on record basically saying we got to win a World Series within three years. Otherwise, none of this matters. And he's the type he's the type of guy that would do that. We've been we've been talking about, you know, some high risk, high reward type moves and how, you know, Cohen's been willing to make them. Would a Francisco Alvarez, Brett Beatty centered package get you a Shohei Otani if the Angels start struggling? Who knows? Maybe, maybe, maybe the Mets decide to go that direction if the Angels fall back to the pack a little bit, which the Angels are known for doing and the Angels maybe decide to move off Otani. So we shall see. It shall be interesting here uh, in New York. That would be very interesting. Think next year, then the Angels have Zach Neto. They've got Logan O'Hoppy, Brett Oof. Beatty, Francis. They've got a young core. Wow, would, that would it be, would work out for both sides. It would work yeah. out for both sides. It's just something, just something I might put out there into the ether, just so we get a little, <laughs> some, a little bit more drama. You know, and especially with, for the New York teams, some, some more drama in those Yankees Mets series with Shohei Otani being on the Mets would be. Ooh, that would be awesome. I would love that. But we're going to transition to the next team. We're going to talk about this one is painful for me, and I feel like a real fucking dummy right now for this one. Uh, my preseason AL Central division winners, the Chicago White Sox, are really, really terrible so far. Yep. They are 11-22, and 22, fourth place in baseball's worst division. And if you look at the individual numbers, almost none of their pitchers have been good. Only a couple of their hitters have been good, and they are terrible on defense. So, Taylor... Are we panicking, which I'm guessing you're probably going to say panicking, or are we going to be patient with these absolutely terrible Chicago White Sox? Well, for the sake of the segment, I'm going to say panic, obviously. Um, But, you know, this is a team we disagreed on going into the year, and this is a nice I told you so moment for me because I had no faith in them to begin with. I, I, I had no faith in this team just based on injuries and based on their performance last they were a 500 team last year and i don't even think they deserve to be last year and that's with with a guy that could have won a cy young uh, uh up at the top of their rotation and he's where dylan cease has regressed a little bit he's he's not yeah. been as sharp to start this year um and yeah like you said the pitching all around has been pretty brutal giolito's actually taken a little bit of a step forward he's actually looked pretty good the last couple games but man yeah the rest of this rotation and the bullpen have been bad. They have the second worst bullpen ERA, 6.34. Their starter starters ERA is 5.13. They look flat. They look just they they don't look like they're enjoying themselves out there most of the time. They're down there with the Royals and the A's and run differential, Ugh. which is not a place you want to be. Like you said, <laughs> no. bad defense. I expect them to be deadline sellers. Um, you know, Grundall, Giolito, Ellis Andrews, Reynaldo Lopez, and Keenan Middleton are all going to be free agents next year. I would not be surprised to see at least two or three of them end up in a different spot. Maybe on the Mets. Who knows? Maybe, maybe you know, they might need some. They might need some help. A lot of my predictions hasn't haven't gone the way I haven't gone the way I imagined. But this one is it, this one's pretty much uh, gone the way I, I thought it would. Yeah, this one hasn't really gone uh, the way I thought it would. Uh, it hasn't been great. Uh, listen, 
I mean, how can you not panic? They, I mean, they've they've already had a ten game losing streak. That's basically like one third of the season so far that they just lost in a row. Like you, like how do you not panic at that point? And you were right, Taylor. But also, before you get on your high horse, you did predict Dylan Cease to win the Cy Young. Okay, I so did. No, before, I did. Before it's, you get yeah. on your high horse, all right? Yeah, that that was your Cy Young pick. Okay, so I, don't that, don't get too far up on the high horse. That is, that is true, and you know he hasn't been great. His first couple starts, I think, were actually pretty good, and I was feeling really pretty good. good about that pick. And then he's just got he's gotten shelled the last couple of games. And uh, man, a couple of those games I've watched though. One of the reasons I one of the things I probably should have looked into before I made that pick was the White Sox defense. Um, they they've really Oof. they've they've missed a lot of opportunities for him, and I, I guarantee you that a lot of those earned runs probably aren't as earned as the stat sheet sure. would uh, would claim they are but he still has not looked as sharp as, as i thought he would and uh a quick update the the white Sox are losing right now as well to the reds it's uh, five to thought. three as we record yeah. this so uh st- still not looking great for them yeah and listen like for for a team that has like the talent to win this division alone, like the yeah. the, I mean, the, the their talent is probably greater than anybody else in the division. It's just you have to be panicked. They're eleven and twenty-two. The bullpen, like you said, is awful. Second worst bullpen ERA, bullpen WAR, and, and bullpen WAR as well. Only ahead of the A's. Their starting pitching is also bottom ten in those categories. They have the eighth worst defense in baseball according to DRS. Their offense is seventh worst in WRC plus and sixth worst in WAR. Long story short, you suck at everything. Like when you suck at everything, you're going to be 11 games under 500 their winning percentage is 333 and you have a run differential of minus 65 yeah you should panic you guys your, your team is bad so like you said taylor this is going to be a deadline seller this is going to be a team that is going to be one of the most disappointing teams in baseball when you just look at the names through their roster like you look at tim anderson who you know he's hitting 279 which is below that you want him to hit but he's not getting on base and he's not hitting for any power. Same thing with Andrew Benintendi. He's not getting on base. He's not hitting for any power and he's only hitting 250. So, and then you look at the rest of the guys in that lineup outside of Luis Robert, you're not getting any production from anybody else. And that's a great recipe to be an absolutely terrible baseball team. And that's exactly what the Chicago White Sox are. And that's exactly what they're going to continue to be. If they don't start turning stuff around, they don't start making some moves. So uh, yeah, it's looking real, real ugly for the Chicago White Sox right now. But we are going to transition to another one of my terrible division predictions it's looking like right now in a central division. This time it's the NL Central, and it's the defending NL Central champs, the St. Louis Cardinals, who have fallen to 10-24 and 24 on the season. They are last place in the NL Central and are on a eight-game losing streak as it stands. So, Taylor, is there any patience for the Cardinals right now, or are we just completely panicked on the Cardinals right now? Man, you got to be in panic mode for them, and it is a bummer. Um, you know, we 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 both kind of missed this one, uh, and honestly, I think probably anyone in baseball Everyone. that you would ask would would not have said the Cardinals are going to be are going to start the year ten and twenty four. I mean, they they just they lost to the Tigers today, who are just an atrocious oh. team, and that really tells you where you're at. Like dark times in St. Louis right now. Um, you, you know, if you start doing the math of what it would take for them to get up towards the top of the division by the end of the year, I mean, right. Now they're 10 and 24. So let's say they go on a 24 and 10 stretch for the next 34 games. They're, that only brings them back up to 500. <laughs> and like even for the Cardinals, that's tough. And you know, we both kind of we talked about it in our in in our preseason episode. 
you know, they're a team that's known for always having good starting pitching and always finding a way to make mediocre starters perform well for them. And they have not had that on their side this year. Uh, Jack Flaherty has shown signs of, of returning to his, his his early form where he was really dominant. And uh, Jordan Montgomery has actually been pretty solid for them. I think he's probably been Bonnie. their most reliable arm so far. And they just got Wayne right back today, but he got shelled. You can't trust anybody in that rotation right now. They're one in six in one run games. So they're not winning the close games. And you expect that to regress a little bit. Nolan Arenado has been slumping. Uh, and now the, the news just came out today that they're moving Contreras to more of a DH and outfield role, which... It's just kind of a weird turn of events, uh, and it almost kind of seems like go. They're, they're they're shifting exactly. They're kind of trying to shift some of this pitching blame onto Contreras, and mm-hmm. you know, there's no way he's as good as dealing with the pitching staff as Yadier Molina was. But I gotta believe he's he's not causing you know the, the pitching to be as bad as it as it has been. Uh, so I don't know. We'll see how that goes. But that that felt like a weird organizational move, and that kind of just feels like them trying to tell people like we're we're trying we're trying to figure out what's going on and we don't know uh that's kind of what that screams to me and if if they don't figure it out soon i mean their season is like almost over already which you know when's the last time we could say that about the cardinals almost never yeah they've been they're they're always seem to be around 500 and they always seem to be in the division race and the pennant race and you know just generally in the playoff race but what what, i mean obviously it's a panic for the cardinals you have to panic what like you said taylor you said they just, it, it seems like they just don't know. Like everything seems yeah. uncertain with their organization right now. And that's never been a St. Louis Cardinals trait. They they they're always have something defined exactly. They know exactly what's going on in their organization at all times. And right now, it seems like they don't know what's going on in their organization. And listen, like you talked about, starting pitching, letting them down. They're seventh worst in baseball. Both the, the bullpen and the offense have hovered around middle of the pack. But just a, just a terrible start for the Cardinals. Now, do I think they'll turn it around some have they gotten somewhat unlucky this year? Yes. And and none of the teams ahead of them scare me in the slightest. Like the teams ahead of them, we'll talk about a couple a little bit later. Pittsburgh, the Brewers and the Cubs. I'm not scared by any of those teams. I think the Cardinals could still find a way to turn it around and maybe catch up to those teams a little bit. But for a team with as high as expectations as we had for them this year, I said they were a sneaky World Series team at the start of the year. Yeah. They've been terrible. Arenado's been bad offensively. Obviously, you talked about Ray- Wainwright has been hurt. Flaherty, Matz, Mikolas, and Woodford, four of their five starters have all been bad. Hicks has been terrible in the bullpen. All those guys that I just mentioned have ERAs above 5.4 in negative wars, so they've all been horrible. Plus, you got Tyler O'Neill struggling offensively, and you got to wonder, like I, like we both talked about with kind of the uncertainty in the organization, if his struggles and the team struggles have stemmed from that early season incident with O'Neill not running out that play to home where Acuna threw him out. And then obviously Ali, Mar- Ali Marmol pulled him out of the game for that. And they also obviously had words for each other in the media. So it seems like there has been some contention and some dysfunction in the Cardinals organization right now. And that seems what's, what, you know, what's been leading to this, you know, eight game losing streak. And obviously, like you talked about, shifting from shifting Contreras from catcher to outfield in the middle of an eight game losing streak. And they, they said like, oh, we're not blaming him for the struggles. But you can't say that when you change someone from his lifetime position to a completely yeah. different position while you're on eight game losing streak like you're clearly putting the you're, you're clearly putting the blame on him using him as the scapegoat and i don't agree with that it's it, the it's it's not on Contreras. Contreras, obviously like you talked about he's not the defensive catcher that yadi or marlena is almost nobody in the history of baseball is the defensive catcher
catcher that Yadier Molina is. But it's it's not on Contreras. Contreras is doing just fine back there. Your guys aren't producing, and 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 that's what it comes down to. So yeah, definitely a scapegoat for Contreras, and it's just dysfunctional. The 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 Cardinals organization is dysfunctional, and that is something that we have not been able to say very often in the history of the St. Louis Cardinals. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where they go from here. And you definitely, I mean, panic button, slam that panic button. The panic button is is worn out for the Cardinals at this point because they are just they are just in shambles at this point. But we are going to transition to a team that's normally a very dysfunctional organization, but they have been surprising so far this year as far as how solid they have been, and that's the Miami Marlins. Currently, they're sitting a game under 500, which is 16 and 17, but off to an even better start that they, you know, that they were before. They were actually started 16 and 14. They've lost their last four, but this is way better of a team that they thought, you know, way better than we thought this team was going to be. So, Taylor, I'm going to ask you this one. So, obviously, this isn't a panic or patience for the Marlins. Right now, we're going to go contenders or pretenders. What do you think about Marlins? Are they contenders or are they pretenders? I think Marlins are pretenders all the way. Uh, honestly, this I felt very similar with this organization as I did with the White Sox coming into the year. I just didn't have faith in in what the roster they put together over the offseason and the direction they've taken this team in. And honestly, yeah, their record's not bad, but when you dig into those numbers, they're 10-0 and 0 in one-run games. That is why their record is good, and you cannot expect that to continue. Their run differential is negative 1.7. I have no fucking idea how they've won as many games as they have, if I'm being quite honest. Um, and this, the weirdest thing is Alcantara has been not great. Bad. And it's like, I don't understand mm-hmm. how they've won this many games with him not performing well. Uh, so uh, honestly, like I, I, I think we're going to see this team lose an immense m- amount of games uh, from here on, really. Um, they're last in runs scored per game. They went with this contact-oriented approach coming into the year, which, you know, I... I, I I, I congratulate them for having a, a unique strategy, um, and and, yeah. and it seemed like a very cohesive uh, attempt to move move their lineup to more contact oriented guys, take advantage of the lack of the shift. Uh, they're hitting 250, which is okay, but they're only slugging 376, and their on base percentage is only 308. So it's like, great, hit as many singles as you want. Like, I, yeah. who cares? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't know. I just, I still just don't have faith in them. Their pitching has been okay. <sighs> yeah, I, I, I don't have faith in this team. I think we're going to see them uh, start losing a lot of games. And I come, they're already starting to lose a lot of games. Like we talked yep. about, four game losing streak right now. Yeah, yep. definitely pretenders. I mean, I looked at the standings when they were 16 and 13. I was like, oh, wow. Okay. You know, okay, Miami. Yeah. Like, I see you guys working. Yeah. And then I looked at their run differential <laughs> yeah. and it was like minus 40. And I was like, oh, nah, these guys are actually not good. They're actually really bad. No. Uh, and they're just, and they're just playing above their skis right now. Like you said, one of a bunch of one run games. Um, I actually really like their top two starters. I like Luzardo a lot and yeah. obviously Alcantara, but like you talked about, with Alcantara, Sandy, he's had one really great start, complete game, 10K shutout versus the first the Twins. Then he's had five mediocre starts besides that, you know, where it was kind of like, you know, five innings, you know, two or three earned runs. You know, he's not getting as, as deep into games as we're used to Sandy Alcantara getting into. And then he had the one terrible start against Philly where he allowed nine or ten, I don't remember if it was nine or ten earned, run, earned runs, but it was terrible. And it's not what you expect from him. And the rest of the rotation isn't great. That bullpen isn't great. And listen, outside of Luisa Rice, who's going absolutely crazy right now he's hitting 437 listen he has a legit one-fifth of the season and nl mvp argument right now um he's been absolutely dominant but like you said it's a lot of singles it's a lot of singles it's not a lot of extra base hits 
uh, uh, you know, Ronald Acuna Jr. is hitting about 100 points lower as far as average goes than than uh, than Luis Arise, and he's got a higher OPS. So that just shows you, you know, how many singles, you know, of the lack of extra base hits, you know, Luis Arise is hitting for. But I'm not taking anything away from him because, you know, hitting 437 in the MLB, yeah. regardless of sample size, is impressive. And he's, you know, 30, you know, damn near a 40 game sample size hitting 437 is insane. But this offense isn't great. Jazz has struggled. In fact, I just cut him for my fantasy baseball team, which, by the way, I'm 4 0, and I beat Taylor, uh, just as an aside. Um, Barely. And, 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 <laughs> And you know they, you know Garrett, Garrett Cooper and Soler and Birdie have all been you know solid as far as offense goes, but the rest of the team hasn't been great. Gene Segura has been awful, one of the worst players in baseball. Like Taylor, Taylor mentioned, Colton Wong has the 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 worst war uh, in baseball. I looked it up earlier this morning. Gene Segura has taken over the title of worst <laughs> war from oh, Colton Wong. He's minus one point two, which is worse than baseball among four hundred and eighty four qualified players. He has a four seventy eight OPS, so he has been terrible. And like we talked about in the like we talked about in the preseason, best case scenario, absolute best case scenario. Literally me looking like at the positive bright side of everything, they finish fourth in the division. They're behind the Braves, they're behind the bet the, the Mets, they're behind the Phillies. So this team is not good. The Marlins will not get anywhere close to 500 this year. They're not going to get anywhere close. This is a this is a 70 win ball club max. They are 100% pretenders. And if, you know, for some somehow they make a, a run and they win 85 games, you can come back and, you know, Wow, those those fucking guys on house call are stupid, you know. But I I can almost guarantee that that is not going to happen unless they make some massive moves or guys start you know keep continue to play over their skis because this is just not a good baseball team. I'm sorry, the Marlins are not a good baseball team. Yeah, I, you know I would love to see I would love to be proven wrong uh, uh, with the Marlins. Yes. I would love to see this contact oriented approach totally flip around and by the end of the year we're like I can't believe that works. That was amazing mm-hmm. because really like that style of play is is a better product for baseball like it's a it's more fun to watch guys put the ball in play and obviously like home runs are you know exciting if you if you're on the team that that has hit one but like really the game looks a lot better when the ball is being put in play and uh that's at least something they're doing and you know maybe it works out for them at the end of the year i would be excited for them but i i really doubt it uh, I don't think so. Yeah, it's uh, and listen, I would love to see the Marlins in the playoffs as well because I'd love to see you know Sandy Alcantara start a you know start a game one or and Jazz Chisholm in the playoffs. He yeah, would be electric. Jazz Jazz hits a Jazz hits a big home run. We get yeah. the Euro step at home plate. Like that would be crazy. Yeah. You know that would. Soler all that stuff has would already cool. proven himself to be He's a really electric it. playoff player. Like they have guys that would and John you know Birdie at the top of the lineup mm-hmm. stealing bases. Like that would be fun yeah. to watch in some tight games. You know they they sure. have some pieces. They just. It's just like a jigsaw puzzle that's just that that's missing a lot of pieces, like one that you get from like a thrift store, and then you get home and you you put it all together, and you're like, oh, I'm missing like five pieces to this yeah, puzzle, it's and like, now it, it looks ridiculous. They they look like the end of a Jenga game where you're like trying to poke out that one block, <laughs> and it's just yeah. like you're, it's like almost yeah. impossible to poke that block out without yeah. the whole thing falling. That's what that's exactly what it feels like for the Marlins right now. It feels yeah. like you're you're they're like trying to push every single right button, and they've done it so far. But they're they're gonna push one button, and the whole the whole tower is gonna fall down. That's that's what it feels like for the Marlins right now. They're 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 pretenders, and I honestly want them to be you know I want them to be contenders, but they're just not. So speaking of a team that I want to be contenders, but I'm not too sure about. That is the Pittsburgh Pirates, the number one team in the NL Central. An absolute shock. I did not think 
that this team was going to be anywhere close to the top of the division. I thought, in fact, they were going to be deep at the bottom of the division, but they are at the top of the NL Central. In fact, leading by a game and a half over the Brewers. They've been really, really solid, both offensively and pitching. They currently have a plus 33 run differential. So it hasn't been a complete fluke for the Pittsburgh Pirates. They've been a, they've played solid baseball to start off this year. But Taylor, I'm going to ask you, man, what do you think about these Pirates, man? Are they contenders for, you know, for, for a playoff spot or are they pretenders? Oh, I don't know what to think about these Pirates. Like you said, I want to root for them, especially with, you know, McCutcheon having his kind of farewell tour and playing out of his shoes. He's been amazing. But yeah, these guys have played really well. I think, uh, I think though, they've lost five straight. And last I checked this evening, they were currently losing. Um, so they're, it looked like they were in line to lose their sixth in a row. My confidence in them is is definitely starting to waver a little bit. I, I'm more on the side of pretenders for them. I think uh, yeah. I, I just they're the pirates, and I just I just, I, <laughs> I, I, I just don't I, I doesn't I don't feel it in my gut that they're gonna they're gonna hang up there much longer. But I hope they do because they're really fun to watch, and I do really appreciate them as an organization. That's the real baseball analysis that everybody watches yeah. the Bush League for. They're the pirates. Yep. They just don't. The I, I, and I'm the exact same way. I, I just it, it's something. Listen, I, like I said, I desperately want this team to be contenders because I love a lot of these players and I know how bad their fan base is dying for them to be contenders. But like you said, I don't know. They're, they're, they're certainly off to a good start. They're both, you know, eighth in team OPS and eighth in team ERA at the, at the time we're recording this. And, you know, Reynolds obviously got off to that extremely hot start. Then Pittsburgh signed him to an extension. So he's not getting traded. So that yeah. shows that they believe in that's themselves. That's a good sign. They believe in that's a team. good sign. For, yeah. yeah, that's a good sign for them. I liked, I liked that move. That yeah, shows and, that they that shows that they believe. That shows that Reynolds somewhat believes in them. And you know, McCutcheon's yep. been on record saying, like, hey, you know, obviously like I am coming back here kind of for the nostalgia, but like I wouldn't be coming back here if it was just for the nostalgia. Like he he exactly. believes in that team as well. And you know, when you get a couple of those key players believing in the team, I think that attitude does um do, does trickle down to the rest of the clubhouse. No doubt, 100%. And and they got him on a really nice deal as well. It wasn't like a crazy, you know, expensive contract that, you know, that you would expect a player of Brian Reynolds' caliber to get. You know, they got him on a pretty solid deal. So, yeah, he's not going to get traded. You know, that sucks because as a Yankees fan, we need a left fielder. I would love for him to get traded. Um, but... Uh, as far as other players on the team, you know, you got Jack Sawinski, Connor Joe, Rodolfo Castro, Carlos Santana, all have OPSs above 775, three of which are over 800. That being said, that's part of the reason why I don't believe in them too much because I don't think this is sustainable. The group of players I just mentioned are all hitting at an all-star caliber level. I don't think that's going to continue. Like Taylor mentioned, Andrew McCutcheon performing well back in Pittsburgh is like peak of like my enjoyment of baseball. Like when like, like peak enjoyment of baseball is when Andrew McCutcheon was winning the MVP for the Pirates and and the Pirates were making the playoffs. Like th- that was great baseball. Like I love baseball back then. But again, I'm not sure if McCutcheon can continue that as well. As for as great of a player as Andrew McCutcheon is, he's a borderline Hall of Fame player in my opinion. Uh, he's you know I don't I don't know if he can continue that as well. Uh, and then their bullpen, they've ranked eighth as well. Um, they've Their bullpen has been ra- eighth ranked, and also their starting pitching is top 10. And I like some of those guys in those groups, but again, I'm you know just looking at the names in those groups, it's a lot of unproven guys. I don't know if they can sustain it. So I'm like, Taylor, if I had to choose as far as co- contenders or pretenders, I would definitely be on the pretender side because... They just haven't proven enough. It's just, it's just they're 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 too unproven. Like I'm I'm kind of a guy where I like to see something before I believe it, and I haven't seen it with the Pirates yet. 
So I'm gonna see it. You know, if 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 the Pirates keep winning, I'm I'm gonna come in here and say I was wrong because I want to be wrong about this one. I want the Pirates to be you know contenders, but I'm just not too sure about that one. But we're gonna transition to their other NL Central foe, the team who is currently second in the NL Central, and that is the Brewers. Although both of the teams that we we just talked about are currently about to be on six game losing streaks at the time we're recording this, uh, Brewers are down three zip to the Giants and and like we talked about the Pirates have lost so they're both about to be on six game lose, losing streaks. Um, they're, they're you know they're both at the top of the NL Central and we talked about kind of how weak the NL Central is especially with the Cardinals you know being so far down there. Um, but both of these teams especially you know the the, the Brewers with their pitching definitely could be considered a contender. So Taylor, I'm going to ask you. What do you think about the Milwaukee Brewers? Are they contenders or are they pretenders as far as NL teams go? This is another team that I just kind of, I can't really pin them down. Kind of like you said, like I, I have to see it to believe it. And like the Brewers have been good. They've been good. Yeah. I I just don't, it, it, this is another gut thing for me. I just don't really trust them. I don't know. Their, their pitching has been above average, which, you know, everyone would expect. That's kind of been the MO of their yeah. organization over the last couple of seasons is, they have an offense that can occasionally do some damage and uh, they rely on that pitching to get them through. And th- it, it, this feels just like, you know, most other Brewers teams over the last couple of years for me. And I think they're going to eventually regress to pretty much the exact level that we saw from them last year, a slightly above 500 team. Um, but that being said, in this NL Central division this year, that could win you the division. Um, mm-hmm. So who knows? I mean, these guys could be pretenders that end up winning the division. It's just so hard to to, to figure out how this division is, is going to look by the end of the year because the, the Cardinals have really just thrown a wrench into that whole thing um, by being so, so bad. I hope they see this as an opportunity to win this division and they take it because last year it felt like they had something good going and then they trade hater and it felt like they kind of just yeah. like bailed on, on the whole, on the whole goal of, of winning the division. And we're just like, we're the brewers. We're going to be pretty good. And it, we're going to leave it at that. And I, I really hope that, that their organization takes a different route this year and, and really presses. Cause like this division is wide open and they could easily win this division. And, I hope I, I hope they they take this opportunity. Yeah, like you said, uh, there's there's a great opportunity for them to win this division with the Cardinals being so far down there, and with the like we talked about, as much as we want the Pirates to succeed, you know, it's it's hard to believe that they're going to stay at the top of the division. The 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 Cubs are kind of hovering around 500 like we thought they would. The Reds aren't very good like we kind of thought they would be. So this is a great opportunity for the Brewers. But I mean, you just look down their lineup. Like I was today years old when I found out that Luke Voigt was on the team, and Luke Voigt has been horrible. Luke Voigt, Luke Voigt has a 5'11 OPS right now, you know? So it's like, there, there's a lot of guys on their team where they've done some things as far as offense goes. Obviously, Christian Yelich used to be an MVP. Now he's, you know, chilling with a 691 OPS and he was kind of around the same thing last year, you know? So um, you got a lot of guys on this team who have done something or have the capability of doing something in, you know, in the MLB. It's just like you said, Taylor, it's a bunch of guys that you're just kind of like, Eh, like I don't, I, I don't, I don't have a strong opinion about anybody on their offense. I have strong opinions about their pitching staff. Like you said, their their pitching staff is really, really good. I love most of their starters. Seventh in team ERA. Their offense is, has been a little bit above league average. They got a 104 WRC plus, which is 11th in the league, and they're eighth in the league in WAR. So they've been solid. They've been they've been a, a really solid team. They've just got a bunch of guys who you just look at and you're just like. I don't. I, what, yeah. what am I gonna? What am I gonna do with Mike Brasso? Like what? Like Jesse Winker? Yeah. What am I gonna do with Jesse Winker? You know what I'm saying? Well, it kind of feels like. Who, what am I doing with him? 
like you look up and down their lineup and kind of like like what you were getting at it it almost feels like everybody in their lineup is good at like one thing and none of one them are thing. really like full fully putting it together like you know you look here and you see jesse winker he's hitting 258 365 obp that's that looks great slugging 306 it feels like a team that could sneak into a you know an NL Central Division title and then just lose in the wild card round. That's it's yeah. it's it's yeah. what the it's what the team feels like. And listen, no disrespect to any of the guys on the team. Like there, obviously, there's like you said, there's a lot of capable players on the team. And you know, Christian Yelich was is a former you know like I mentioned a former NL MVP. It's just it's just a lot of eh, and it's just a lot of I'm not passionate about anything. So yeah, for me. As far as division goes, they're obviously contenders to win the division. But as far as, you know, a, a potential playoff run in the National League goes, most definitely pretenders for me. No doubt. But that's going to be it for us today on the House Whoa. Call podcast. Thank you. Oh, Matt. What? what? Dude, what? Who are you? you're, you're forgetting the most important team to talk about. Forgetting whom? Who am I forgetting? Turn, turn, turn around. Do a 180. Oh, the, oh, the Yankees. Oh, you're talking about the New York Yankees. That's who I'm yeah. forgetting? Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't know how you could have forgotten to talk about them. Yikes. I, we probably should talk about them, huh? Oh, uh, yeah. 18 not that and 16. I really, not that I really want to talk about, talk about yeah. them. Yeah. 18 and 16, last place in the AL East. Oh, boy. Uh, Taylor, what do you think, man? Uh, is this team contenders or are they pretenders? With Aaron or Judge, they're contenders. Yeah. With, panic or patience. Without Aaron team. Judge, they are pretenders. I mean, I think, I think it's honestly that simple. I think... They're great with Aaron Judge in the lineup, and we've already seen they're not good when he's not in the lineup. I think it, I think it really just boils down to that. We've actually seen them win a couple a couple games uh, over the last couple of days, but it's like they're winning by just the skin of their teeth, you know, clutch hits, walk off hits, and you can't rely on that to happen every night. Uh, the pitching has been kind of all over the place outside of Garrett Cole and Domingo Herman. Weirdly, he's been weirdly good. Good. Uh, I mean. It's tough because I know at the beginning of the year we were we were all fired up about you got to put these young guys in you got to give them a shot and oh boy they have which is good and I'm happy that those guys are getting opportunities they haven't really performed as well as we would hope and I think the big thing again comes down to Aaron Judge if Aaron Judge is in this lineup it looks a lot better even with the young guys and mm-hmm. he's hurt now and now we're seeing it, it we we are getting the nice boost of Harrison Bader uh he just came back and he's already making a big impact. So hopefully that Thank will God. help kind of even out the lineup a little bit. Um, yep. Contenders with judge pretenders without judge. Yeah. Uh, and then as far as on the panic or patience meter, uh, listen, uh, if I said patience for the Houston Astros, okay. I said patience for the Houston Astros. Okay. If I said patience for the Astros, you are damn well, straight, correct. That I'm gonna say patience for the New York Yankees. Listen, okay, we are sitting at 18 and 16, like I mentioned. We are last place in the AL East. Our offense is terrible. We cannot score runs, like Taylor mentioned. Our, our rotation outside of Garrett Cole has been bad. Okay, we have injuries to 10 plus key. D- 10 different key players are injured. Like Taylor mentioned, Judge, we got Stanton, we got Donaldson, we got Frankie Montas, we got Severino, we got Carlos Rodon, we got Tommy Canely, Lou Trevino, Jonathan Loisaga, Scott Efros, Luis Heal, and that was just off the top of my head, just thinking about it, doing notes before the episode, okay? 
And 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 listen, a lot of those guys aren't even coming back. So your your Efros, your Trevino, your Luis Heel, yeah. none of those guys are coming back. Okay. <laughs> and Frankie Montas probably won't come back. Loisigo won't be back until August. Okay. Who knows when Carlos Rodon's coming back? He's getting a cortisone shot or something like that in his back. He's got the, the weirdest back injury of all time, apparently. And listen, we've also seen Boone make some questionable pinch hit and bullpen decision to bullpen decisions especially with clay holmes some very questionable decisions all four of the other teams in the al east even the red sox who i thought wouldn't be good have looked good and like we mentioned it a little bit i think it's because of the balanced schedule the whole division is good and they're now not don't have to play each other so much and beat up on each other so much so they're getting to beat up on the teams who they're better than so i think all the teams in the division are very good so is there a reason to panic absolutely is there reason to think that these guys are pretenders? Absolutely. But I choose patience and I choose contenders. You want to know why? Because most of these guys will be back. And if we are in a position to get a wild card spot when all those guys return, I have no doubt we will make a run. And like I said in my preseason predictions, just when you think this team is dead, they come back and surprise you. So the division is probably not going to happen because the Tampa Bay Rays are a buzzsaw. But World Series... Uh, wild card round of World Series champs? That sounds pretty goddamn good to me. And I think that's exactly what's going to happen. And the New York Yankees are contenders. So be patient, Yankees fans. We're going to be all right. That guy back there, he's going to come back. And we're going to be just fine. We're going to be just fine. And we're going to win the World Series. And everything's going to be sunshines and rainbows and lollipops in in ice cream cones. And everything's going to be great. But now this is the official end of the House Call Podcast, unless I'm leaving anybody out. Thank you guys so much for watching. Again, we're going to give a shout out to all of our sponsors, all of our affiliates here at the House Call. The first one I want to give a shout out to is Liquid IV. Go get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use your code at the checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you use the promo code, the underscore house, underscore call, underscore podcast at liquidiv.com. I now have two outdoor jobs and do a ton of active stuff here on Maui, Hawaii. It is super humid. The sun is always out. I'm doing everything I possibly can to protect my pasty white skin from the sun. And so I lose a lot of electrolytes when I'm out in the sun. I get three times the electrolytes with Liquid IV, the greatest hydration multiplier on the planet and the great taste. I choose watermelon as my flavor, but there's tons of different flavors. So use the promo code and hit the link in the description to go get some today. We are also sponsored by StubHub. No matter the event, StubHub has the tickets for you. StubHub sports, concert, and theater tickets as low as $6. If you want to go to an MLB game, I know Taylor is going to Chicago here pretty soon. And he used Subhub to get his tickets. So if you want to get tickets to your favorite MLB team's game, also the NBA playoffs are going on right now. Super exciting stuff going on there. If you want to get your favorite team's tickets, go to StubHub. Hit the link in our description to get your tickets at StubHub today. We are also sponsored by SportMemorabilia.com, the one-stop shop to get all your authentic sporting merchandise. I got a couple of jerseys from there, some hats, a little pullover type long sleeve. Yankees, if you want to get your Aaron Judge jerseys from when he's going to come back and have an MVP campaign, hit the link in the description to get all your Aaron Judge jerseys and all your merchandise at sportmemorabilia.com. We are also sponsored by Fubo TV, the world's only sport-focused live TV streaming service with top leagues and teams plus popular shows, movies, and news for the entire household. There's no hidden fees. Go get a free trial. Browse available plans. I've used Fubo a lot. I love it. You get tons of channels. You can watch tons of sports. You can watch baseball, football, basketball, whatever you want to watch, volleyball, pickleball, whatever you want to watch on Fubo TV. Okay, so hit the link in the description to go check that out as well. And don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. We appreciate all the feedback. Ash 
Astros fans, come into the comments and tell me why I am an objective baseball fan, okay? Objectively, I said you guys should have patience, so come and give me my love that I deserve because I'm an Astros lover. Okay, be sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms at The House Call Sports, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Spotify, Twitter, Merch, and Meet the Crew. We've got our blogs up. All of that is up on our website. Our website is www.thehousecall.com, and that's going to be it for us. Peace.